0: Okay. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us on this exciting webinar on how to invest more tax efficiently. Um, Our goal is to help you keep more of your investment earnings and grow your wealth exponentially. Um, Just a little bit of housekeeping here. Before we begin, can somebody please type in the chat box whether you can hear me and see our screen share? Um, I have an example on the screen share that shows how you can get to the chat function. Perfect, thank you. Um, This webinar is being recorded and we will make sure that you also get a uh, recording of it afterwards. I just wanted to let you know, coming up in 2020, Upside Avenue is excited to announce its educational webinar series. We've surveyed our investors and followers to find out what financial and investment topics everyone is interested in. And then we look for subject uh, matter experts all over the country who can speak on these topics and have developed this educational series that will hopefully help you manage your finances and make better informed investment decisions we wanna make sure that you're living your upside. So look out for the registration information for January's webinar in your email, and we'll also share it on our Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. So today's um, exclusive webinar is about how to invest more tax efficiently. We have an absolutely fantastic guest speaker who is no stranger to sharing his knowledge in the finance and investment industry. He has spoken at various career centers and business clubs, including Citrus College, UC Irvine, Cal Poly, Panoma, and US Santa Barbara on financial wellness and literacy. He's been a financial advisor since 2010, and specializes in wealth management and wealth transfer and he enjoys being an independent advisor particularly in helping his clients reach their financial goals through comprehensive and holistic advice born and raised and still living in sunny california when he's not helping his clients justin can be found hiking weightlifting cooking traveling and he also plays on a men's sunday basketball league team appropriately named net profit so please give a warm welcome from NWF Advisory Group, our guest speaker and friend, uh, Justin RC. Justin, I'll turn over hosting over to you now.
1: All right, thank you for that kind and warm introduction, Jessica, I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you to Upside Avenue for having me today. Um, and good morning, good afternoon, and I guess uh, good evening to those who will be listening to the recording. Um, Thank you everyone for for joining us today. Got a lot of good information to go through with you guys in terms of how to invest more tax efficiently. Um, I hope that all of you are comfortable because for the next three hours, we will be reading through the IRS tax code handbook. Um, No, I'm kidding. Uh, We're gonna be uh, packing in about 20 minutes worth of information and opening it up to Q&A at the end. Um, I just have a little bit of housekeeping on my end to to run through really quickly. Um, it's a disclosure that I have to read, um, and that is, uh, I offer securities and insurance through Royal Alliance Associates. Um, investment advisory services are offered through NWF Advisory Services, which is not affiliated with Royal Alliance. Investing involves risk, including the potential of loss of principal. No investment strategy can be guaranteed. Um, a profit or protect against loss. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. The material being presented is for informational purposes only. Although many of the topics presented may involve tax, legal, accounting, or other issues, neither Royal Alliance nor any of its agents, employees, or registered representatives are in the business of offering such advice. Individuals interested in these topics should consult with their own professional advisors to examine tax, legal, accounting, or financial planning aspects of these topics and how it applies to their specific circumstances. Um, So now that we got that out of the way, um, you know, I just want to make it clear today that I'm not making any recommendations. Uh, This is um, geared to be big picture and to be educational. Um, We're going to try and stray away from um, talking about individual products, anything like that. Um, And there's three main things that I essentially want to accomplish. Um, I want to identify what are the tax buckets um, that investments can fall in. I wanna explain the types of taxes that someone might pay. And um, then I wanna go through the tips and tricks on how to invest more tax efficiently. So let's jump into a a brief summary as to the three different tax buckets. Um, We've got the taxable bucket, we've got the tax deferred bucket, we've got the tax advantage bucket. So taxable bucket, um, how this bucket works, uh, the most common um, vehicles that go here would be like your banking accounts. This is going to be your savings, your CDs, your money markets. Uh, This would be like your brokerage accounts, which can house stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, and REITs. And the appropriation of taxes, um, when the money goes in, uh, you've gotten your paycheck, uh, you've made your your tax payments, federal, state income taxes. Um, you then put it into this taxable bucket. Um, this money would grow taxable, so a 1099 is generated each year as dividends and interests are paid out. And then once you take money out of this bucket, uh, taxes would be owed through the form of what's called a capital gain or capital loss if there's been a loss in this bucket. Jumping to tax deferred, which is the most common bucket that is out there uh this is going to be like your 401k uh 403b if you work in the nonprofit sector uh deferred comp um and annuities are the most common types of investments that go in this bucket they provide tax benefits to individuals today uh because when your money goes into this bucket it goes in pre-tax so it it provides someone in, an instant tax deduction for example Let's take an individual who's making $50,000 a year. Let's say they contribute $10,000 a year to their 401k. They're able to tax deduct that $10,000 of contributions. They lower their taxable income from $50,000 down to $40,000. So that's what they show to Uncle Sam each year and how much they're going to pay taxes on. Now, once that money is in that bucket, it's going to grow tax deferred, which means uh, we're not going to get a 1099 each year to pay taxes on the interest that's being earned within the account taxes will then be owed once money is taken out of the bucket um, so when someone uh, gets to retirement because the majority of the investment vehicles in this bucket are retirement driven accounts now keep in mind that there are uh, certain restrictions with accessing money that are in these buckets uh, for instance um, these buckets are accessible without penalties after age 59 and a half. Um, if someone does try to access money before 59 and a half, they can do that through forms of loans through their employer sponsored plans, uh, first time home purchase, um, medical expenses, college reasons, up to certain limits. Um, if one of those uh, reasons do not qualify, then there could be a 10% tax penalty on top of the taxes that someone needs to access this money within this bucket. Now, We're going to add a a, a new section down here, which uh, non-qualified annuities are kind of a special category within themselves. Um, They fall somewhere between the taxable and tax-deferred bucket, but most of their characteristics are are within the tax-deferred bucket. And so with non-qualified annuities, uh, money goes in after tax, um, which means someone gets their paycheck, they pay their taxes on it. Um, Once that money is in that bucket, it will grow tax-deferred, so a 1099 will not be issued each year, but then once money comes out, taxes will be owed on the growth only. Now, lastly, um, the bucket that's probably the most underutilized, um, which is going to be after-tax investing uh, with tax-free earnings, and that's going to be the tax-advantaged bucket, where similar to the taxable bucket, money would go in after taxes. So after someone gets their paycheck and pay their taxes, they contribute to this type of an an account. Uh, The money would grow tax-deferred, and once money is taken out of this bucket, um, all, if not most, of the growth would be tax-free. And so some examples of investments that would fall within this bucket would be uh, Roth types of vehicles, such as Roth IRAs, Roth 401ks, uh, municipal bonds. Uh, 529 or ESA plans, which are educational savings accounts, so for the use of, of educational purposes. And cash value life insurance uh, could also be an instrument that falls within this bucket. So we'll put all of them side by side and understanding that um, just like with the, the basics of investing principles, you want to be diversified. Um, someone doesn't necessarily want to put all of their eggs into one tax bucket, but instead have a little bit of exposure to each tax bucket. Uh, Because long term, um, we want to pay taxes uh, when we're essentially going to be in the lowest tax rate or tax bracket. Um, But then also understanding that there are a couple of different taxes that someone can pay. Um, Someone can pay income taxes or they can pay capital gains taxes when it comes to investments. And so income taxes um, gonna be based off of how much money you're earning, which bracket that you're gonna fall in, uh, whether that's gonna be a 10, a 12, or 22 or 24% federal tax bracket. Um, And then also keeping in mind what state um, that someone's in, there could be state taxes. I know that in the state of Texas, there are no state taxes, but here in California, we do have a 9.3. Uh, percent stake income tax. Um, income taxes are typically going to be owed on um, dividend or interest paying investment vehicles. And then you also have capital gains taxes where a capital gain is essentially created when someone buys something for a certain price and then sells it for a higher price at a later time. Um, Conversely, if someone buys something at a certain price and then sells it for a lower price, there could be a capital loss. Now, for the purpose of the example, we're just gonna assume that capital gains are long-term. When it comes to capital gains, they could be short-term or long-term. In most cases, they will be long-term. But to go through an example, let's say someone buys a home for 250,000 and they sell that home uh, for 400,000. Well, that's growth of 150,000 or capital gains of 150,000. Um, now, capital gains, are gonna be taxed at a lower rate than income taxes. Uh, typically, if someone's in the 22 or 24% federal tax bracket, their capital gains are most likely gonna be 15%, uh, which is a difference of about seven to 10% less. If someone is in the 10 or 12% federal income tax bracket, capital gains could be 0%. So let's go through an example of someone needing um, $100,000, assuming that they're at the 22% federal income tax bracket and the 15% capital gains rate. Let's say they took $100,000 from a tax-deferred account. Um, And let's assume that $100,000 was taken from that account. 22% federal income tax bracket, that would result in $22,000 in taxes. Now, let's say someone took that same $100,000 from a taxable account, um, assuming that all of that was growth. If they were in that 15% rate, 15% on that $100,000 is $15,000 in taxes. So that's a difference of $7,000. So depending on when someone needs money and what the purpose of the money is for and the amount of money that they need to take, it's important to identify which bucket someone's going to be pulling from because long-term, the tax de- detriment can really add up. Lastly, the tax advantage account, because taxes are paid when money is put in, but they're able to grow tax-deferred, and when they're pulled out, taxes aren't owed, um, that'd be a 0% tax on that same 100000 someone needs to provide to themselves, which would result no money in taxes at all. So here we have, so to speak, the, the tax seesaw. You know, When someone should pay taxes is dependent on when they're gonna be in the lowest tax bracket, and then also where their investments fall in terms of, of, of their tax ramifications. Will they owe income taxes? Will they go, owe capital gains taxes? And which rates will be the lowest? Uh, when it comes to capital gains, to qualify for long-term, um, the investment had to have been held for at least a year. To qualify for short-term, the investment would have been held for less than a year. Now, long-term capital gains are going to earn the lower rates of 0, 15, or 20 percent. Short-term capital gains will be treated as income. So we'll owe federal income taxes on short-term capital gains. Now, there's only two things uh, that are promised in this world, and that's going to be death and taxes. Uh, We can't avoid it. Uh, we can't get around taxes, but it's all about being smart and knowing when to pay taxes and how to pay the lower rates. So how we can retain the most from our investments is to pay taxes at a lower tax bracket. So to give you an example, um, and I'm not making recommendations here, but one of the questions that I get a lot is, should I add to a 401k or should I do a Roth? And typically speaking, it's someone is younger um, or maybe early in their career and they anticipate to make a lot more money, get promotions, get pay raises as their career advances, typically speaking, they're going to be in the lowest tax bracket that they'll ever be in right now. And that tax bracket will only go up over time. So someone in that situation might want to consider things like Roth contributions uh, because they pay taxes at a lower rate now and then they can reap the benefits of all that money growing tax-deferred and tax-free for when they take it out later in life. Now, conversely, let's say someone is counting is the end of their career, and they're getting ready to retire in the near term, and uh, maybe they're going to live off of less money. Uh, maybe they're in a, a high uh, tax bracket, uh, making the most money um, that they ever have, um, and they're going to reduce their, their standard of living or just live off of less in retirement. That person might, it might make more sense for them to to contribute to something that's tax deferred. That's gonna provide them an instant tax benefit today and defer taxes until later when they're pulling out at a lower rate. Um, It's also important to understand the tax characteristics of an investment. Um, So we talked about things in the previous slides such as stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, and REITs. Um, I think that there's there's two main um, things to take into consideration here. And number one is uh, when you buy something and it appreciates that's capital appreciation, that's typically going to be associated with capital gains. Um, And then you have something that's paying a dividend that's creating income, uh, which could be a dividend paying stock, which would be most bonds, uh, which would be like REIT investments, real estate investment trusts. Uh, Interest and dividends are going to be taxed as income um, unless they're qualified dividends because qualified dividends will receive a reduced rate, Uh, non-qualified dividends will be taxed as income. So understanding the characteristics of the investment, where your growth is going to come from, will also help point someone in the right direction as to what types of vehicles should be in what tax buckets. Um, To give you an example of this is because bonds are paying dividends uh, which are creating taxable interest that have to pay federal tax uh, bracket rates at, typically those types of investments uh, might make more sense in a tax-deferred account. Um, whereas a, a stock that's maybe capital appreciation driven, um, which has a high potential to, to grow, that might be more suited in a taxable bucket, uh, because that will get taxed at a lower capital gains rate. So. You know, depending on what, what someone is investing for, uh, what is the destination that they're driving to, and what types of uh, tax bracket that they are in will determine what federal rate and what capital gains rate um, is all going to play factors into what, what types of, of buckets someone should utilize and what types of vehicles should be placed in what types of buckets. Now. I want to give a shout out and go through a, a quick understanding of real estate investment trusts and the tax benefits. Um, you know, I want to thank Upside Avenue for, for having me here, and then we'll open it up to Q&A, but then talk about some of the tax benefits that real estate investment trusts can provide to someone. Now, because real estate investment trusts have to pass through 90% um, of their profits down to the investors, um, it, it provides a, a double tax savings on, on earnings. Uh, because corporate taxes aren't owed, and dividends will then pay taxes at the individual investor's um, rate. Now, real estate investment trusts are also great because they provide a benefit uh, to, to individuals getting exposure to real estate who might not have the capital to get into real estate directly, but instead they can get into a, a unit trust to give them exposure to the overall real estate market, which also happens tends to be uh, non-correlated to the stock market. Um, and then the tax efficiency is going to depend on someone's tax bracket, um, understanding that, uh, real estate investment trusts, they can pay non-qualified dividends. They can pay qualified dividends. Um, they can be utilized in taxable buckets, tax deferred buckets, and tax advantage buckets. It's just going to depend on the type of real estate investment trust that it is. So. You know, we we can't avoid taxes. Um, The the age old question is, do I pay taxes now? Do I pay taxes in the future? Um, It's all about paying taxes when you're gonna be at the lowest rate. Um, And a lot of what we talked about is accumulation of investment vehicles today. It's also important to understand the tax characteristics of um, taxes when money is being passed down. Um, So we'll go back to this one slide That shows the three tax buckets, um, because we we talked about the characteristics of of taxes while someone's alive and accumulating assets. Um, Something else to be taken into consideration is uh, if money is left over and not going to be used and passed down to the next generation, the taxable bucket can receive stepped-up cost basis, which is a tax advantage to beneficiaries, uh, tax-deferred buckets, when they pass down, taxes will be owed in the year that money is received or over a five-year period or can be stretched out over life. Uh, tax advantage buckets um, will pass down tax-free to the individuals um, inheriting those monies. So those are all different types of characteristics. Also, to take into care, uh, consideration, um, again, I just want to reiterate that um, I am not making any recommendations today. Uh, Today was purely designed to be educational Um, and I'm going to hand it over now to Jessica um, and we'll open it up for a Q&A.
0: Okay, Um, so we do have one question here. Um, Any tips or advice on the best, most efficient way to transition a traditional IRA to Roth?
1: Uh, so that, that is a loaded question, um, uh, with with Roth conversions, typically, um, you know, someone wants to assess what, what tax bracket that they're in now, uh, what tax bracket that they're going to be in, in the years to come. And then also assess, um, at 70 and a half, what tax bracket they might be then. Um, I know those are sometimes difficult things to project, uh, but there's typically three, three windows that someone is in when it comes to Roth conversion. And that is the, the current tax bracket. There is the golden window from when someone retires up until 70 and a half, and then post 70 and a half. So it's important to, to see within those three timeframes, when will I be in the lowest? And what's not going to bump me up to the next tax bracket or assess how much tax deferred accounts are going to grow and what my RMB is going to be at that time. Um, it's, it's a good question. Um, to to go over for someone's specific situation with their financial advisor, uh, joint with their tax professional. Um, those two individuals should be working together to assess those types of things. Um, but hopefully that, that gives a general sense.
0: Okay, great question. Any other questions? Okay, well, thank you for that excellent presentation, Justin. Um, The information you've provided is invaluable, and I'm definitely going to review what I've invested to make sure I'm making everything as tax-efficient as possible. Um, Justin will actually be speaking again as part of our Upside Avenue Educational Webinar Series. We surveyed our investors and followers to find out what financial and investment topics everyone is most interested in learning about. And then we look for subject matter experts like Justin who can speak on these topics. So look out for the registration information for January's webinar in your email and we'll also share it on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Um, In the meantime, if you'd like to contact Justin, here's his contact information. Um, And we ask you to start living your upside with Upside Avenue. We provide access to a professionally managed, diversified portfolio of income-producing multifamily real estate for as little as $2,000. You can visit our website, upsideavenue.com, or send us an email or call us with any questions. Um, Thank you, everyone, again for joining us. And we look forward to uh, hosting you again on our Upside Avenue webinar series.